Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling Yes, it is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today sponsored by The Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, one call does it all. Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store. They're on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Featuring top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and so much more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Online at sticksandstuff.com. Find store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Woolcott, featuring family milled lumber for all your projects. PR Lumber, yes, they're on Facebook as well. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Check them out online, guysfarmandyard.com. Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. They sponsor the In the Garden podcast. Dandelion Acres Garden Center online at dandelionacres.com. And right now, here is the author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening, Peter Burke. Inch by inch, row by row. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned your wonderful book because, boy, Thank this you. would be the time to bring that up. It if is we, the uh, time, yes. Yeah, we reached that season. Frost warnings in the Northeast Kingdom yep. already. Yep. Yeah, gads. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was sitting here thinking about, uh, you know, Little, little bit sad, you know, the, the last garden show and of course the end of the garden season. And, uh, I remember the day, the, the sort of the inspiration to, uh, to experiment with, uh, uh, with indoor gardening. Uh, and so my reasoning and thoughts there were, um, okay, I have, uh, I have potatoes and onions and all these things, carrots and beets. You know, uh, many of those things in the cold cellar or around the house, uh, in dried or frozen or canned or whatever. Uh, but the only thing that you cannot actually can or freeze or dry is uh, fresh greens. So that uh, was the inspiration. I remember it uh, uh, very, very vividly because, uh, like yesterday, I heard the geese flying overhead and uh, um and i was uh, out in the garden planting uh, garlic and uh, thought well that's the one thing i should figure out how to do so that was the inspiration for year round indoor salad gardening <laughs> and uh so uh we are actually progressing on our house i'm glad to report oh i, I turned off your <laughs> microphone instead of mine <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, it's been that kind of a morning here. Hey, yeah. well, thumb, you've been here thumbs. a long time, buddy. And, and well, it started out that way, and it's getting—it's still <laughs> continuing that way. <laughs> I have to make sure you get another cup of coffee. <laughs> no, 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 but that probably will accelerate the uh, thumbs even more. I don't know. But at any rate, yeah, no, we're we're in the middle of all kinds of fun things here oh, today. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. The life goes on around us, that's <laughs> for sure. So anyway, that was the inspiration, and I got, was thinking about that this morning, and uh, 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 just um, just as I I was sort of feeling sad, and I said, "Oh, I know this feeling." So I will be carrying on and gardening, uh, and the reason I mentioned the house is that we're hoping to be in by November first, and and that's when I'll probably start my indoor garden again once I'm settled in somewhere, rather than. Uh, sort of uh, betwixt and between uh, uh, homes. So, 
Um, do you have a call or is that, uh, did I see one come in? Yes, I do, but I'm determined to. Oh, you go uh, use, right ahead. I de- yeah. I'm determined to use this scientific thing. Because yeah. yeah. I could just as easily say it's Norm in Bristol, but <laughs> I have this electronic <laughs> thing that puts it on your screen. I see it. You yeah, see, look it's at that. 21st yeah. century. So. Yeah. Although I'm still back in 1961 in my <laughs> technical life. So Norm in Bristol. Here we he go. Hey, Norm. How are you today? Good. How are you? Oh, not bad. Yep. Uh, I have a question or two for you. Sure. And I'm sorry that this is your last show. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, Very, and it's a lot of fun, you know, listening to your responses and questions from the listeners. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you enjoy it because it's fun. Okay. Uh, My first question is, um, how do you store carrots? Oh, uh, well, that's a good question, and uh, uh, because I, I've been sitting here going over all the different ways to store carrots. And uh, um, uh, my preferred uh, way to store carrots is uh, down down in our cellar where it's cool. Uh-huh. Um, I can't say it's really 40 degrees, which it should be, but it's probably more like 50 Um and I do them uh, in either a, a plastic box or a plastic bucket, and um, I store them in either uh, cedar bark or peat moss or sawdust. I don't use sand just simply because it's just too heavy when you fill a five-gallon plastic bucket with sand. It's too heavy to work with, you know. If there was an easy way to cart it in and out of the basement, then... Yeah, I've heard about sand, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and all of them, the the basic idea though, whether it's uh, sand or peat moss or um, uh, bark or, you know, sawdust or even shavings, uh, you, you know, that are a little easier to get. Um, the whole point is to a slightly moist medium um, that keeps uh, the light out. It should be dark, you know, and that's yeah, that's right. an important ingredient is the darkness because the light will encourage uh, any of the root crops to start to, uh, you know, change and start to grow again. So that's that's my favorite way, um, but there's so many <clears throat> ways to do it, and and you can, um, um, of course, you can you can freeze them, you know, and it's a lot like beets. A fellow called last uh, week about beets, and he was uh, wanted to know how to how to freeze them, and and that's pretty pretty simple, uh, you know, if you're doing whole beets, you know, you you uh, you would uh, boil them. Until they just start to soften up, and then pull them out, and uh, maybe use gloves. You know, of course, you put them in the ice and cool them off real quick, and then just rub off the skins. And then you can slice them, put them in a bag, and freeze them sort of flat on a tray so that they're not don't get all bunched up and stuff. Um, but the same thing goes with carrots. You can do the same treatment with carrots and freeze your carrots. Um, right. The cold storage, as far as I'm concerned, probably, I don't know, it keeps, a, I, I think, is a better texture. But, you know, yeah. the important thing, if you're putting them in a soup, I don't think that texture makes any difference at all. But um, if you plan to just steam them or cook them up and put a little butter on them, then the texture, I think, is an issue. But Now, uh, how many carrots do you have to store? Oh, I don't know, 50, 60. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, this is my raised bed. Yeah. And uh the other thing you can do depending is if you do have a spare fridge um yeah. is is just uh, put them in a box and store them there. That's um, what I was going to ask you. Yep. Well, that that would that works very well for all of your root vegetables really. Because uh, that's a very uh, consistent, uh, you know, 40 degrees, and and it also uh, doesn't dry out at all. Keeps things pretty moist. And carrots of all the vegetables are probably the easiest to store and the most forgiving. Um, yeah, so, I've had good luck over the years. I just yeah. wanted to refresh myself because I've got so many this year that you know I've got to store them for the winter. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a nice problem to have, Norm. Yeah, <laughs> nice problem it was. To have. I had a good year in my raised bed. I put my second one in this year, and oh, it's super. really been a oh. godsend. I've got I had uh, peppers that were probably bigger than a softball. Oh man, 
Yeah, I mean, I never grown them, you know, and they're just, you know, that's growing right out that's of the netting great. that I put over that my right. little makeshift hoop house, you know, that yep. Yep. I made with buy plastic plates. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other question is, I have yellow jackets attacking my raspberries. Really? And I don't know of any way to prevent that. Do you have any? And they're attacking it. They're attacking well, they're it. They're eating the, the fruit themselves. Oh man, well, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to put a um, a cloth over them. You know. Yeah, I got too big the, an area to do that with. That's, that's the thing. How big is the area? Oh God, I've got thousands of plants. Oh. I started, I started out with 24. <laughs> about uh, well, 1987. I had a friend that gave me about. 12 plants and you know how they spread oh and, uh, boy yeah really and i've really. been selling them i've been selling them to customers uh, for a long time yeah and they get a good price uh you know there's oh, yeah i mean i give them to them at a decent price you know yeah. and then yeah. everybody's happy yeah uh, <clears throat> yeah and, so, uh, anyways i just so, thought maybe i didn't think there was a way you know because they're just raising the dickens with them right now they're Looking for, you know, some sugary oh. substance, I guess, to no. feed their little ones or whatever. No question doing. about it. They're, they're desperate for food, yeah. yeah. Um, as things start to dry out and, you know, <laughs> what could be better? What could be better than that? Now, uh, we stayed at a friend's house and they had two, um, uh, two hummingbird feeders. And, you know, oh, yeah. that's a thought you might actually, uh, you know, be able to, um, you know, uh, get them to come to a hummingbird feeder instead of your raspberries. We use that sort of as a as a trap or what would you call a decoy in a way. Deeper, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that cool. so that they come because the both the the uh, yellow jackets and the uh, honeybees were just in mass around one of them and not the other one. And, really? Yeah, and, and I asked, I was sort of wondering out loud, and I said, well, I wonder why the heck they come to that one and not the other. And she said, well, the bee, right, the first bee that found that first one gave the location of the first one. Oh, and yeah. as long as there's sugar in that one, they won't go looking any further, <laughs> I thought. That's how my grandfather and I and my dad used to find bee trees every year back in the day when yeah. I was just a kid. Yeah, yeah. The Put, bee would, you know... Tell the other bees, you know, that mm-hmm. there's a good source of whatever, you know. Yep. Then you'd have a trail to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, w- I would think that if, if I mean, it certainly would be a lot cheaper than to, to try to put a cover over all all those berries. Oh, yeah. Is, it wouldn't be, is to it just, be you know, uh, put Put a pole, uh, you know, maybe, oh, you know, maybe a dozen, you know, or six, something like that. Uh, you'd have to check your spacing, whether it was every 25 feet or every, you know, yeah. 10 feet. I, I don't really know how how much and how far away would you want it. You'd want it in proximity, but not uh, not too close. It would be like trial and error, isn't it? It would be trial and error, and I expect a full report. <laughs> <laughs> Next year. <laughs> Next year. Next uh, year. Okay, so yeah. on the carrot on the carrot question, if I do I have to if I put them in the refrigerator, if I can find room in my refrigerator, yeah. um do I have to put them in a plastic bag or just put them in loose near the uh, bottom of the fridge? Not necessarily. I mean, obviously, the plastic bag is what what most people, uh, most of the grocery stores use. Right. And but you'll notice that a lot of those plastic bags have holes in them. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether it's it's more a matter of separating them out for weight or you know, than absolute necessity. Um, but keeping them the, in the fridge would probably mean they'd stay fairly moist, and that's the key there. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think you, you would have to do that. But one thing that I do with my carrots, and, and again, a lot of people have different opinions about this, but um, I, like to, I like to wash them. I, I wash them. Sure, in I do that too. Yeah. And, uh, because I've just found with everything, uh, whether it's garlic or potatoes or beets or celeriac, yeah. any, any of those things, a good washing. And then you, of course, you have to let them dry out and cure a little bit anyway. Uh, so I usually do that as soon as I pull them up out of the ground. That's you know, part right. of the process. So. 
Uh, I just uh, speaking of potatoes. I just uh, picked my old oh, last week. Mm-hmm. I was went through. I, I used to do it when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I hadn't grown them in a while. So I just decided to uh, grow some red potatoes. Yeah, great. And I had one that uh, had joined together with another, <laughs> and they were both as big as a softball almost. Oh man! Yeah, they were like uh, <laughs> conjoined twins. You know? Yeah, to take a it picture. It was really something. You know, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that is neat, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I usually think of the carrots are the ones that get all those crazy different shapes, you know, yeah, with the yeah, two roots. I found, and, yeah, I found one like that already. Yeah, yeah. That there was uh, what was it? The store, the the restaurant in Montpelier, Big Guido's, uh, and they had a whole show of this lady who did photos of of all the different carrots, and they were hilarious. They were absolutely <laughs> so funny. I, it was yeah. very, very creative. I, it makes me wonder, is she, you know, she she put rocks in her soil just to get, to, you know, them to yeah. grow weird. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't the case because it was in a raised bed with all soft soil, you know. Oh, yeah, right, so right. It was kind of strange, you know, when I pulled it out. I was looking at the base. I said, well, this one's <laughs> big enough to pull now. So I pulled it out, and it was a thing about the size, maybe a, a half the size of a baseball, like a tennis ball or something like that, but it had little roots coming out the bottom. It was, the whole thing, the length of the carrot itself, not counting the top, was probably yeah. three or three yeah. inches or four inches or something like that. Yeah, long. yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. It's okay, fun. well, I'll let you go. All right, sure Norm. Thanks for the call. Yep. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Talk to you later. So, uh, um Let's see. Did we finish talking about indoor year-round indoor salad gardening? I, Not entirely. Uh, yeah, I. I uh, well, actually, well, mention the, uh, mention the full title of the book and the yeah. publisher, so yeah. people, because uh, you know, we assume yeah. everybody has a copy, but uh, now would be the time to pick up a copy and start on page one because yeah. it's a great. Let me just put in my two cents. If you follow the instructions, you'll have salad all year round, and the instructions aren't too. Hard to follow, but you can't take shortcuts because you've tried them all, and that's how you've distilled the uh, you know the system that you've worked out. And the, the things that I really enjoy about this quote-unquote system, my methodology, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't require any lights. Mm-hmm. You just use a window, uh, you know, and it's so productive. Uh, but you're only growing enough for uh, your you know for a day, or two days, three days, four days. So at any given time, you have a day's worth that's ready to harvest. And it's not like uh, like with microgreens. That was always my problem was that it required shelves, big shelves, serious shelves uh, with lights, and it was sort of a feast or famine. So what I did was I ended up sort of going by the smallest beautiful idea and just planted enough uh, seeds for um, for a salad, and then the next day I would plant enough uh, seeds for a salad, and then the next day. So you sort of you're doing this uh, a little bit of gardening every day or every other day, and uh, uh, that way it didn't take up so much room in the house mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, you sort of got your gardening chores, and none of them were really too much, you know, 15 minutes or so. And, uh, of course, for me, is I just enjoy the watering and getting there and brushing them and watching them grow. And So the time, from the time you, you plant those seeds to the time you harvest is only seven days. Mm-hmm. Seven to ten days, depending on which variety. But generally, seven days for radishes. Um, maybe eight, nine days for the sunflower and the peas, you can let go for, you know, they'll be ready in seven days, but they can grow up to 14 days. So it, it's a, it's very easy to do and uh, doesn't take a whole lot of room. And for instance, uh, I have a shelf that's 20 inches wide. It's six feet tall. There's four shelves that stands in front of a window. And mm-hmm. then down below, I have a little base unit where I, uh, and the the secret to the whole procedure is keeping them in the dark for the first four days. You're actually forcing the seeds uh, to to you know lengthen to to reach for the sky, so to speak. And then once they're up about an inch or so, then you put them up on, in front of that window and they green up in another four or five days. 
it's just it's a blast to watch. Uh, if you have any kids, they absolutely love it, and they can watch the progress every day. Every day you look in there, and there's something, uh, you, you know, new happening. So I get a, a lot of feedback from you know kindergarten and even all the way up into high school where they use that method to to just teach you know the the cycle you know and it's a great skill and it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun i i really enjoy it and if you want the book it's called year round that's year dash round uh indoor salad gardening so year round indoor salad gardening by I'm peter the, burke by peter burke chelsea green it's, still <laughs> yep published by chelsea green and um if you're looking for the book uh i i know that the uh, bookstore here in waterbury has it the uh, uh the bridge street or uh, uh yeah, the Bridge Street uh, bookstore there. Bookstore, and, uh, and and I've seen it at the Phoenix uh, bookstore as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, you can get it on Amazon, and on Amazon you can actually look through the book a little bit. And then Chelsea Green runs these really fantastic sales where their price is, you know, pretty well, pretty almost like half price, you know, they're – they're, um, they do a good job of uh, promoting the book and selling it. So, you know, it's available around, and um, I have 10 copies that I'm willing to give to a library. So if you go to your library, this is the, probably the best way to get it, and they don't have it, make sure you contact me, and uh, I've got 10 copies that I'll, I'm willing to uh, give to a library. Best way to contact you for... Oh, All the oh, off-season right through the events. Station. Okay, yeah. through WDEV. Yeah, through WDEV. Uh-huh. They they send me an email and say, "Hey, somebody uh, wants to get in touch with you," and, and it goes from there. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And we thank the many fine sponsors that have made this program possible this year and years past, and and uh, hopefully in the future. We're certainly mm-hmm. looking forward to seasons ahead. And uh, when you stop in, uh, boy, we really appreciate you mention that you were listening to. In the Garden on WDEV. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. Our telephone number is 802-244-1777. Your questions and comments are most welcome. And once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joel. So mm-hmm. uh, a couple of things on my mind was uh, one is pruning. I have a little story I want to tell you about that. And then uh, the other one is composting through the winter. I thought that that was a, an important important thing to, to talk about. And, uh, well, we talked about cold storage. And, uh, but just one additional idea for the cold storage is to use net bags. Um, a lot of the, uh, vegetables really do well in a net bag hanging, you know, from a, a shelf in the cold cellar. So, uh, include that in your, in your, uh, uh, repertoire of uh, cold cellar, uh, tools. So, um, I think I've mentioned it before that on our, uh, where we're renting, there's, uh, seven, um, uh, fruit tree, uh, pear trees. And, uh, last year, uh, my wife, uh, uh, talked with the owner and said, listen, I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I'll pay for, uh, Nico from the East Hill, uh, farms, uh, up in, in Plainfield, uh, come down and, and to prune the trees. And so he did. He came down with a couple of guys and, and Jay was there and they pruned all, all of those trees. Now, so last year, this is something that Jay does, which I really admire, I think is really great. He has the, the gleaners come in and, you know, he takes a few of them, but it's just he and his wife, you know, and they don't do much canning or anything. But they, the gleaners come in and it's a, it's a, a lady with uh, four or five people that help her. And they go and they pick all that fruit. And um, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I went out and cut the the pears just to make sure the seeds were were um, uh, you know were ripe, were black, you know, on the inside. So anyway, last year they they weigh everything and 
as they give it away, they distribute it around to all the different places, including the food shelf, and they got 300 pounds of, of pears. And this year, after the pruning, right, they got 700, over 700 pounds of Oh, my word. Pear, and that's just from pruning. <laughs> and uh, it's... Uh, it's something that you really want to pay attention to because, you know, anytime you see a tree growing in full and all the rest, right, you think, oh, that's a really healthy tree. And it's it's just doing what nature does. You know, it's filling all the vacuum uh, and reaching out for as much of the sun as it can. But actually, you'll get more fruit if you take some of that stuff out, and particularly the suckers, which don't fruit at all. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating, and that was a stark, you know, example. Well, and a good one, my goodness, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have uh, oh, Jim in Waitsfield. Yeah. Oh, hey, Jim, what's going on there? Oh, hi, Peter. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. Well, I have a couple questions. You said you were going to put in your garlic today. I was going to put in my garlic today, too. But <laughs> So I do it the same place every year. Uh-huh. Should I be doing that? or and, no. and Do you have any tips yeah. on... Yeah, you should be... You should be changing the location every three years. Changing it? Yeah. yeah, yeah a few yeah. feet? I mean, I don't have a lot of... Yeah, a few feet yeah. is fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. if that's, yeah. you know yeah. obviously with a small garden, you don't have uh, the luxury of, of you know, moving it to the back 40. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and so what you try to do uh, is, is to move it around some, you know. Okay. So okay. when you planted your carrots or something... Or your lettuces will plant your garlic there, and then the next year, you know, plant your beans there. Um, and even if it's within a square foot, what happens is most of the bad guys go down in the soil, and they live the winter dormant down yeah. in the soil. So just as important as, the, you know, uh, changing location um, is, of course, you know, raking out the soil, pulling up all the plants and any weeds or anything right. like that. Right. That's, that's right. probably equally important and maybe, in your case, more important because okay. you don't have the luxury of moving it pretty far. Do you, do it, do you put any fertilizer or anything in the, in, the, in the when you plant the stuff, when you plant them? I, I have do. Never, uh, yeah, yeah, I put in a fertilizer, uh, just a general fertilizer, and, uh, yeah, so that, that goes through the winter and then in May, when they're first starting to come up, I'll give them a, a blood meal or any sort of a high nitrogen. Okay. Um, like a 10-10-10 is okay now? Uh, yeah, that would be okay. fine. That's sort of a okay. good general. I usually use the ProGrow in, with the blue oh. bag, you know. Yeah, the ProGrow and the blue bag. Yeah. yeah. I use that in my perennials, yeah. Yep. And then the second question, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. I have a bunch of they they're looking pretty good so far. I got like six of them. Yeah. They've got little buds on them. I took some of the some of the mm-hmm. I trimmed some of the lower parts. Yeah. They're they're, yep. they're staying upright. Nobody's bothered. nothing's bothered them. Anything else I should do at this point? So that yeah. I have Brussels sprouts for for Thanksgiving. Keep watering. <laughs> Keep watering. Watering. Okay. Yeah, and you could actually give them a, a foliar feed with a you know with a um like some fish emulsion mm-hmm. or something. Exactly, right. Okay. Um, okay. They will keep growing, and then you'll turn around, and all of a sudden they'll be, you know, an inch or two or three, you know, depending. Yeah. And they'll surprise you, you know. They'll sort of yeah. pop. And I, I know about this time of year, you look at them, you say, there's no way. <laughs> well, last year I had, no, no, it was two years ago, I had a woodchuck get them early in the season, so I knew they weren't going to grow. <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, yeah, they're looking good. They're looking pretty good. So, oh, that's okay. great. So just some foliar stuff. and Yeah, yeah, and, and water them. And water them. Yeah, okay. yeah, and then uh, make sure you check in the, because they will be uh, attacked by the cabbage worm too. Oh, they will. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And then uh, I don't know if if you do this, but a lot of people suggest that uh, you just cut that top the top little ball off, so it puts all its energy into the the sprouts. And okay. you can lop that off, uh, and you can you can kind of see it almost looks like a little loose cabbage at the very top. Yeah, and just yeah. just hack that off, and it'll yeah. it'll put more energy into the into the sprout. Okay. So all of those things together should should really fill good. them in pretty quickly. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you. Have a good winter. Now, um, 
the garlic, you can wait a while if, if you don't have time, you know, cause you can plant the garlic all the way up into, into November. Oh yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I was thinking of it, but I mean, who knows? I might, I might end up, I have some <laughs> spinach coming out that needs to be weeded. So I'm going to oh, yeah. weed the spinach this afternoon. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> That's great. That's the way but, to go. Yeah. No, I, and I've had good, good, I mean, I've, I've had good garlic crops. I mean, we, Every year we we end up using our last garlic sometime in like February or March or something, you know. So, so do you plant a little more this year then? Is um, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think so. Yeah, it's tough to get it past February though, because a lot yeah. of times after after February it starts to dry up and and then yeah, next yeah, thing you know you all you've got these empty husks that are just you yeah. know. So I have a good storage spot. It's like the, in the it's a hallway going towards the garage, and it's mm-hmm. dark, and there's stairs, and I, mm-hmm. I put them on the stairs, and there's, mm. it's it's cool, but it's not too it's not garage cold. Oh, that's great. And yeah. it's uh, and it's dark. Sounds so. perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It keeps the uh, keeps the evil away, right? <laughs> it keeps the evil. Away. Well, we also have a cat who wanders out there and keeps the mice away from the garlic. So. <laughs> the go. cat doesn't like the garlic. But the mice do. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, you have a good winter. We'll talk okay, to you, you next too. year. You too. Yeah, okay, take care. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, goodness. So um, we have uh, oh uh, Kagan and uh, Plainfield. Oh, hey, Kagan. I saw you walk on the road the other day, walking down the hill. <laughs> Hi, Peter. Yes. <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah. What, what are you up to? Oh, this and that. Trying to get some some peppers from my plants. Is that is that still going to happen? I've only had a handful so far. No, yeah, you're pretty much done with that. Once the once the evening temperatures start to go down like they are now, forty or fifty, they they might flower, but they won't really set fruit. So you can no you can if your if your your fruits are you know if you pick the fruits, you can pull the plant now. Okay. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna see any more from them, not at this point, not here. Okay, that that's that's too bad. I was hoping to use those some peppers and some of my tomatoes to uh, get seeds for next year. From. Uh, well, you know, uh, seeds are really not that expensive. Although, um, and the only reason I mentioned that is because. Uh, a lot of times it's hard to get a uh, true to variety. Most of the tomatoes, and unless you specifically uh, grew heirloom uh, uh, plants, I don't know if you if that's what you grew. But if they're not heirloom, they'll probably revert to one of the other uh, varieties. Like a, an F1 hybrid has been, you know, is two different plants that have been hybridized. So they'll right. go back to the whatever it was. And, you know, you'll still get peppers. You'll still get plants. It's, you know, there's nothing. Uh, but sometimes the, the reason that you like it is because it's a combination of a couple of things. It's, um, it's, it's both an art and a, and a science, uh, saving seeds. And it's one of those things where, uh, if, if you were dependent on it, you know, like they do, you know, in a business where they have to have something true to variety, uh, then you have to be really careful about uh, protecting the flowers and making sure it only gets uh, pollinated by the same variety and all that other stuff. So, uh, like if you've ever been up to high mowing on their field days, I don't know if you've ever done that. Uh, no. Uh, and it, it's, it is really fascinating, um, to see all the varieties that they grow up there. And I, it's one of the highlights of the fall for me is to go up there, particularly when they have their melon day. But, um, they, uh, the information is just so fascinating. Um, um, so if, so what I, my point in bringing that up is that a lot of their fields for, um, for varieties that they're saving seeds for are miles apart. I mean, they're, they're separated oh, wow. by a lot. And, and that's true for every, uh, every farm that, you know, is growing for seed is they have to be very careful, uh, about the, um, 
the distance from other, you know, other plants, varieties, even the weeds, you know, they have to be careful because, you know, uh, certain varieties uh, of spinach are affected by, you know, uh, uh, very common weeds. So anyway, it's a a fascinating thing. But, you know, save them and see what you get. But I mean, there's no harm in that. That's for sure. (laughs) Okay. All right. But if I want the varieties that I had this year, what I'm, my takeaway is just, just buy some seeds. Yeah. Um, you know, I get seeds from uh, the pine tree over in, uh, in Maine and, you know, a typical package for them is, is like a dollar 95. So they're, you know, they're very reasonable and good quality. I've bought a lot of things there, but I, you know, I buy from High Mowing and Johnny's and I buy from Agway and Blue Seal when I go there. And I'm just one of those, you know, if I see something that I think looks fun to do and maybe something a little different, I grab the seeds. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes uh, it used to be I get the, um, from uh, the Baker's, Bakersfield, and they have their specialty. And that's where I get the um, the uh, perennial spinach, they call it. Or, you know, that that's a, it's a form of Swiss chard, but it's been uh, selected to to be, uh, you know, tender like a spinach. And it only grows only six, eight inches tall, so... But, um, yeah, the, you know, most of the time they're pretty, pretty reasonable. And Johnny's, yeah. Johnny's sells a, you know, a, they have a package, almost everything that they have that's a, that's like a, a million, you know, a thousand seeds and it's, it costs almost as, as, it costs so little, it costs almost the same as a packet, you know. So there's good buys around. And there's, There'll be right. some some right. varieties say like if you were growing a gilfather turnip, you know something that's a, that's a um, an heirloom variety, and if you're careful about you know the flowers when it's flowering, and certainly there aren't a lot of of um, uh, well, I said turnip, it's a rutabaga, uh, but there aren't a lot of those in the wild, so you probably have good luck with something like that. Okay. So seed saving is, um, is a blast, and but it's a lot to learn. You have to be careful with it. Yeah. Okay. Unless unless I really want to get into it, just just go ahead and buy some seeds. Huh? <laughs> that would be my suggestion, but you know I wouldn't no. want to deprive you of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, I grew a, a straw or a, a tomato this year called a black strawberry was the mm-hmm. variety and mm-hmm. and they were gorgeous and and really really flavorful yeah sounds delicious <laughs> yeah they were probably probably a, a, my favorite tomato i've ever had uh-huh. is it a um is it an heirloom variety now that is the question <laughs> i uh-huh. don't know well um and is it a big tomato or is it sort of like a cherry um, I like larger than a cherry, smaller than the, yeah. even a small slicing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Black strawberry, huh? It's <laughs> really, really, really delicious. All right. Well, um, I don't know if you heard. I, yeah, go ahead. I, I just, I also wanted to ask about your opinions on a cover crop. And if you were for them in any way, I was thinking of using, um, Wild violets or wild strawberries. Uh huh. I've I've never used those, and frankly, I don't think I've ever heard of them. Uh, my favorite cover crop is just simply buckwheat. Um, it grows, okay. the frost comes, it dies, and it leaves behind a, a very nice, fine, you know, uh, a litter that that digs right into the soil very easily. I we have tried rye in a couple of different forms, but frankly, it makes such a mat that it it's really hard to get it to break down. Uh, if you're unless you know, even if you're using a rototiller, it's it's hard to get those mats to break down. So I don't care for that. Uh, on the other hand, we uh, um, we did the clover, we did crimson clover. And crimson clover is just like buckwheat in a sense. It's, it, it grows huge. And once the frost comes, it just drops right down and it just, it's just a beautiful mulch right there. 
but um, how, how do you personally keep your your weeds down? Uh, well, um, the permanent path is very important. You know that helps a tremendous amount, and I always go two feet out around the beds so that the you know usually have, people have grass. We have grass on the outside of it. So that keeps the the plants from growing in. Um, you know, it takes about six years before you have to really uh, do something serious with the uh, paths and get in there and, and pull out the weeds and stuff. But, you know, f- from year to year, uh, with the bark down on the paths and the landscape cloth, it makes it very easy to um, to keep it. So that's, a, that's prevention, right? Um, after prevention, right, there is the, the mulching that you can do, you know, under your plants. You can put some straw or some, you know, uh, 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 leaves, crumble up leaves underneath your plants if you want to. Um, and, but with the grid planting, what you're doing is you're planting close enough in a grid so that the whole square basically gives you what they call a shade mulch. More or less when it gets to a, a, a point, you know, the leaves are almost touching and it shades out that ground underneath them. And that, that does, goes a long way to keeping the weeds down within the bed. And then, you know, of course, using the, any kind of a straw or, or uh, uh, leaves or something like that is, is a great way to mulch as well. But for the okay. mo- the grid planting really does prevent a lot of the the weeds, and uh, the permanent okay. bed keeping it weed free now going in now and getting making sure you take everything out and rake it down and take all the roots of all the little guys that are in there um, that'll help a lot too. Okay, all right. Well, that's great, Peter. Thank you so much, and thank you for doing your show. I love it. <laughs> okay, Katie, and it's nice to meet you, and uh, we'll see you next year <laughs> in the garden, right? <laughs> All right. So um, you need a break time? Okay. All right, guys, we'll see you on the other side here. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Is our favorite cover crop. <laughs> you did hear that. <laughs> and it has such a beautiful flower. I mean, it literally, it stands tall on a stalk with a beautiful red flower. Of course, the honeybees love it. And, uh, <laughs> well, just don't make the mistake that I made. What was it? Buckwheat that I, or alfalfa that I planted? Uh-huh. One of the kids from the R gang comedies. At any rate, I, when the little blue flowers appeared, I said, Oh, aren't they nice? And I just sort of let them uh-huh. grow. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a spring clock crop of alfalfa. <laughs> yeah, that, that you, can be a problem. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you have to let them, you have to let them go yep. when it's time to let them go. <laughs> That's they right. They are beautiful. The cover yeah. crops do have beautiful flowers and yep. speaking of beautiful things and that is nola's association oh, yeah. and uh, loyalty to this program and her many contributions <laughs> and she's on the line nola welcome it's so good to hear from you just realized how much these wasps have affected me so i was in the greenhouse had the radio on i was watering and as i left the greenhouse i've been doing this for the last month Push the door open very slowly. <laughs> you could almost hear the music in the background. Bum, 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 Are they out? Are they here? Are they going to get me? But, it gives whole new meaning to the word, uh, you know, getting a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, the buzz has been peaceful so far. Like I said, just me. I'm the only one that's gotten bitten, and my pup got bitten once. But yeah. I, I think we'll make it. I think we'll make it. The nights are definitely getting cooler. Definitely getting cooler. Yeah. So we'll we'll just see, and there'll be photos to you guys of, of right. this mansion that <laughs> the wasps have created. 
the mansion not no what's that old hymn the mansion on the hilltop <laughs> this is a mansion on a propane tank um so i wanted to just toss out to the gentleman that called previously seat mm-hmm. savers exchange mm-hmm. and i could give uh, an address for that is a great place to get information about saving seats yeah yeah um, if if he was I should have mentioned it. it. Yeah, Seed Savers Exchange is great. And, and I actually, I had their, their book, or I had their book, mm-hmm. uh, the one that with all the different seeds on the cover, uh, it's, it's a beautiful cover. And, uh, uh, but it's so technical that I, uh, that's what made me realize is that, that it was, it was above my ability. Um, to. End time. <laughs> well, yeah, end time. I mean, I, I I have saved tomato seeds and had, you know, reasonably good luck with them. Um, but it's one of those things where um, you you never know quite what you're doing or what you're going to get. So, uh, well, at, a, at my level, that's a real good point. Yeah, and also if you're like us, mm-hmm. you do have those in the household of a smaller variety of species that mm-hmm. like to eat the seeds. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. when you're feeling like. Wow, I mm-hmm. did a great job. Yep. The mice come. Yeah. <laughs> and all the seeds are gone. <laughs> it's not a good well, thing at all. I would keep, I used to keep them in the freezer. And, right, but you got to dry them first, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to treat your, like the tomato seeds, you you know, you, you mix them up with the juices and you actually let them ferment a little bit before you, before you dry them. And then, right. then you wash up all the goop and, and put them out and let them dry. And, and, you know, if you were doing things right, you would be checking the moisture content and a certain moisture content, uh, if it's too moist or too dry or whatever, that that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's a lot of leeway there. Um, when uh, I brought a couple of the uh, trombone zucchinis into work and um, – one of the uh, one of the ladies, Misty, who uh, wanted to save seeds, and so uh, you know she brought them in, and I said, I, I hate to break it to you, but these these seeds are immature because you know the it's an immature squash, you know it's it's like uh, trying to save a zucchini or a cucumber seed before it's actually completely set. And by that time, the squash is really not very edible, uh, like the way I wanted to use. It's more like a butternut squash, you know, a three foot butternut squash, if you can imagine it. But so, uh, I got some of those seeds, uh, again at the pine tree, then $1.95 for a packet of, and it was either 10 or 20. But you know that those are, those have been, they've done the thing that they have to do in order to make them viable. And I've had real good luck with them, you know. Good. good. Yeah. Well, this is a immature use of this Robert Frost poem. Oh, yeah. And this is my excuse for the program to be extended into October. <laughs> this is definitely one of my favorites, and so it's called October. Okay. Oh, hushed October, morning mild, thy leaves have ripened to the fall. Tomorrow's wind, if it be wild, should waste them all. The crows above the forest call. Tomorrow they may form and go. Oh, hushed October morning mild, begin the hours of this day slow. Make the day seem to us less brief. Hearts not averse to being beguiled. Beguile us in the way you know. Release one leaf at break of day. At noon release another leaf. One from our trees, one far away. Retard the sun with a gentle mist, enchant the land with amethyst. Slow, slow, for the grape's sake, if they were all, whose leaves already are burnt with frost, whose clustered fruit must else be lost, for the grape's sake, along the wall. So, happy October. Happy life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, I'm always, uh, of course, I like October because that's my birthday month, but uh, in the it calendar. Is. My in, mom's too. When's your birthday? The 19th, yeah. Four days after mom. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I won't forget that. Just so you know, <laughs> I won't forget. I can't when, do a surprise uh, party for mom, yeah. but I could do one for you. When uh, I was in the calendar, I was Mr. October in the the, the calendar of the. Men of Maple Corners calendar. 
<laughs> so I, I like now, that. Now, was it was it a uh, uh, you know a uh, what kind of squash was it that kept you decent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a big rock. I was sitting oh, okay. in a quarry. <laughs> Well, that's great. I love that, October. That's good. I'm going to have to go and look at that one. And uh, so uh, we will be back next year, from what I can tell anyway at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, have fun gardening during the off season. And uh, how are we doing on time? Oh, we've Joel? got another well, we got plenty of time. seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so I went over pruning and I think it, it bears listening to not just for pears and certainly for, for, uh, apples, but for all the fruits, whether, uh, whether it's even a, a tomato. If you want those really big tomatoes, the big juicy tomatoes, a lot of times you have to take one of them out of the cluster and, and limit the amount of, of, um, fruit on the vine right so it's it, it's important for all, all kinds of different things uh, um, so get out there and prune those trees and help them out and that you will be richly rewarded with that uh, the other thing I just wanted to say a few words about composting through the winter um, we have uh, five compost bins that we use and you know regularly circulate around uh, and uh um, in the winter, I try to keep them near where the plow guy plows in the, you know, in our driveway. And so that I can, when he plows, I can just walk out to the compost bin and, and drop stuff in rather than trek up through the snow up into the garden where uh, even if it's a short distance, it's usually quite a trek. So um, that's one strategy to use for your compost. I, of course, you know, I've said this before, I prefer the compost bins, the big plastic uh, ones that, uh, you know, that uh, have a lid on them that you can secure. I use a duct tape, actually, to, to tape them down. And uh, the other thing you can do in the winter when you're composting is actually just fill five-gallon uh, buckets and uh, as you put stuff in and tamp it down, it'll freeze and it'll freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw. And, and by the uh, by the spring, you'll you'll have a bucket of of uh, very nicely uh, decomposed uh, uh, compost and that works really well. And there's a few other strategies. So, uh, but uh, the keeping it so that you can come to it uh, easily is important. And then one other thing to consider is there's a lot of people now that are actually taking uh, compost, uh, you know, raw raw vegetables. Um, you know, the the one that, I'm, that I use the most and have used uh, since we're not at the house is, uh, is um, um, the one Montpelier. Yep. So uh, we have a caller from Grand Isle. Walter, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen, from the Banana Belt. Absolutely. <laughs> you still have peppers, don't you? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Gentlemen, I, I just wanted to reach out to say thank you uh, to both of you, fellow uh, dirt <laughs> devotees, for another year of information and inspiration when the information doesn't work. To, <laughs> to continue gardening. Yeah. And uh, I'm a loyal listener, and I just wanted to pass along in addition to your book for a holiday gift for anyone if they're mm-hmm. looking forward uh, in the fall, yeah. I cannot say enough good things when you talk uh, food preservation about dehydrators. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you, I purchased one about eight years ago. Yep. They're a little pricey, but it's, it's one of the horizontal ones with nine trays. Yeah, the Excalibur I, one. The... Yeah, yes. I, I, I will tell people that yeah. is... Yep. Irreplaceable in my house now, along with the crock pot, because Absolutely. we use it yep. for so many things, mm-hmm. from dried fruit to mm-hmm. dried tomatoes. Yep, it's it's a warming holding oven for yeast or yep. bread. Yep, if you're proofing things, uh, it's so many things that you can use that dehydrator for, in yep. addition to just the generic stuff. So yep. anyone that has a garden or food, fruit, uh, 
think about using that dehydrator. And thank you again for both of you for no. inspiration all summer long. Walter, thanks for your kind words. I really appreciate it. It's good to hear. And uh, uh, and I couldn't agree with you more. That Excalibur, the nine tray with the, mine has the timer on it and the rheostat and all the rest. And and it was well worth at the time. I think it was like two hundred and thirty bucks. My, mine is still the Ron Papil nineteen eighty two Vegematic. <laughs> you know, and, and it works. The plastic top, you know, yeah, it's good. But you yeah. can use it for anything. Yeah. Trapping a mouse that's running around in the kitchen. <laughs> Boom. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what I have found originally, uh, I purchased it because my, my family has an affinity. We've got some fruit trees for dried apples. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. You know, the, the real, the, the, uh, the genesis was for dried, was for dried fruit and then yeah. it was for dried tomatoes. And I'm yep. like, well, let's throw this in overnight to yeah. see how it turns out. And it's like, well, oh my gosh. You haven't lived. Too. You haven't lived until you tried uh, dried cantaloupe. Oh, I'm telling that's you. exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Cantaloupe or a honeydew melon, you <laughs> yeah. know. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. there's so many things. There, yeah. there are yeah. there are afternoons in our house, you know, regardless of the season, when my kids cringe because dad will go through the refrigerator and say, okay, wait a minute, let's throw this in the dehydrator and see how it turns out tomorrow. <laughs> but it is amazing yeah. the amount of applications as well as, as I said, for other things for general cooking because it's a low temperature that you can hold mm-hmm. and you can do for an extended period of time, whether it's overnight. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the fruit trees come in or the, the small tomatoes are really yep. uh, coming in, yep. you know, we literally will rotate that out twice a day, once in the morning and then yep. once at night before bedtime of swapping out those things. And then by the end of the week, you've got buckets and buckets of dried food. So. Yeah. It's 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 very satisfying as a as a way to store food, and it's of course one of the oldest forms of storing food for sure. Well, you don't need any of uh, those plug-in air fresheners either. If you're drying <laughs> tomatoes or anything, the house just smells wonderfully. You know, it, it looks like I had you know cleaned up everything. It's <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So but, we soak the we soak the apples in a little wine and put a little cinnamon on top of them, and that, that's pretty good too. That, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you to thank both you. Of you. Yep, I appreciate the call, Walter. We'll see you next year. Well, I guess uh, it's time. Yeah, the phones are clear apparently, and uh, it's that it's time, time that I just time. was not looking forward to. Yeah. You know? so it's time to say uh, I'll see you next year. I guess that's right, yeah. and the place will be. Yeah. And let me just uh, give my my heartfelt thanks to all the people that call and listen, and it's it's so much fun, and I enjoy this just thoroughly. But uh, what makes it is is uh, all the people that listen and and participate and just listen, you know. <laughs> so Joel, we will um, we'll see you next year. Yeah, in the garden. All right. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden with Peter Burke today has been brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington. One call does it all. Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Lots of specials, multiple store locations. Check out all the information online, sticksandstuff.com. P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott. Featuring family milled lumber for all your projects. 
Check out PNR Lumber on Facebook for further details. Guys Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Lots to learn online at guysfarmandyard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, dandelionacres.com. Yeah, we'll see you, I guess, next year in the garden. Till the rain comes tumbling down. Till the rain comes tumbling down.